0: Welcome back to another Dr. Supercoach podcast and we need to talk really quickly in this podcast piece of the whole entire time because the round is about to start in about 24 hours.
1: <laughs> you know, people can just play it on two times speed if they're, you know, worried about how quickly you're going to talk and they can get through it quicker, JB.
0: Ah, uh, so we don't have to talk quickly.
1: I mean, <laughs> I, I just, people that are going to be listening on two times speed, I wonder how that listened to them
0: at the very beginning of the podcast. I mean, they we must They must have thought they accidentally did four times speed.
1: Yeah, no, just keep going, talking really fast. Real fast, as quickly as you I'm can. I'm not sure. And see what happens.
0: <laughs> I don't think I've got it in me. But how did you track
1: this <laughs> week, anyway? No, I did very well. Thank you for asking. I got two, 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 one, uh, which uh, led to an overall increase of uh, now up to three k overall. It's really hard talking that fast on the spot. So yeah, going to have to slow Was that supposed
0: to be fast? That still sounded pretty slow.
1: Oh well, you know me, slow as they come. Um, <laughs> managed to. Make a trade, which should probably not surprise the audience. Um, It was a sideways one, so again, not not a big surprise, um, but but pretty happy with how it turned out. Actually, it's not really true. (laughs) It didn't turn out well, but I am happy long term. Um, I had some money left over in the bank, and I did trade Bray Shaw out uh, to Lockie Neal, um, mostly for this run coming up which I hope would have scored well against Collingwood. is That's uh, a net
0: gain of nine points thus far.
1: Thus far. But, yeah, there's plenty more weeks for that to pay off. And Brayshaw, I'm not particularly happy with how he and Melbourne have been traveling. So that's why I decided to pull that trigger. Um, but we'll talk about that more during the, the game by game. How did your week go, JB?
0: Uh, poorly. Poorly. <laughs> Very poorly. Great. Right. So I, uh, I had Petricelli on the bench for Parker, which... It was an instant yikes when Petrucelli scored 100 this week. And then I also decided to field Collins over Scrimshaw, which only lost me 20 points, so not too bad. Yeah, that's, you can't I'm, complain about that. But then I also fielded uh, Bailey Scott over the likes of Gibbons and Atkins, which would have netted me another 30 or 70 points, depending on which way I went there. So that wasn't ideal either. Uh, and then, I mean, Captain Cripps wasn't bad, but, you know, people went down the field. So. I feel like it was a week where I missed out on a lot of points, dropped 2k and ranked down to 7k, so not awful, and now I've, um, I've got a double upgrade potentially on the cards, but uh, we'll see if I bank cash or not, depending on what this next 24 hours does for me in terms of thinking through my trades. Great, well, hopefully
1: some of the, this podcast will give you some clarity on your trades.
0: It never does, Pistol. <laughs> just makes it worse. <laughs> always, but we'll start off with the Brisbane versus Connor. Oh wait, we need to do some housekeeping. Okay. Housekeeping, housekeeping. Do so, some housekeeping. Yeah, sure. So we had one sign up to the Patreon over the week. Excellent. It was Marsh. No I mean that could be your surname, but no first name attached, just Marsh. Excellent. Thanks, Marsh. Appreciate you, Marsh. Got the three dollar pledge in. Uh so on for the the Slack ride, which has been a bit of a roller coaster so far. And uh speaking of Slack. Big shout out to Mav94, finished third for the week overall score this week. So, uh, unbelievable. Big, big score by Mav94. Oh,
1: huge. Yeah, no, you got to love it when you score 23-94 in a very low scoring round. That's huge. So, yeah, great job with that, and hopefully it's, there's more to come.
0: Flying through the rankings. And then we've got a high-ranking league, I believe, the community uh, Dr. Supercoach Community 9 League Pistol. Do we? I
1: don't look look at the leagues too much, JB. (laughs) Okay,
0: I'll let that one go. I believe they're third overall at the moment. Um, Absolutely dominating. Uh, We've got a couple of slack leagues up in the top 10 as well. So just chugging along, you know, normal stuff.
1: All righty. Well, did you want to jump straight into the first game of the round, Lions versus Collingwood?
0: Sure. So it had your mob taking over by 10 goals in this one. Uh, in regards to the lion side, I think the probably the only notable mention was that Neil actually did score below 100. I didn't know if it was possible that he would go below 120 for the season. That's my fault. But, <laughs> but showed it, yeah, showed it this week. Uh, no tag, so I'm kind of surprised. He just didn't really. And 16 handles, just the eight kicks, didn't do like he only had two tackles, which for him is actually quite low. Didn't just didn't do a whole lot. Didn't have a whole lot of pizzazz to him in this one, so. Just a score of 91, something that we think he'll bounce back from next week, but it means he's going to be cheap in a couple of weeks' time. Well, cheap considering what he was looking to be.
1: Well, yeah, I guess he'll probably dip to like 620k over the next couple of weeks, but he'll probably, you know, he's got Gold
0: Coast this week, so who really knows how low he'll get. Big shout-out to Witherden with uh, back-to-back-to-back scores of exactly 92. <laughs> Fun um, fact. And moved by about 1,000 from his starting price, so pretty much priced where he's scoring. Uh, looks okay, but average of 90. Not sure if that will cut it for the top six to eight defenders, Pistol.
1: Yeah, it's borderline. I don't think I'd be trading in Witherden, but if you have him, I also wouldn't be getting rid of him because he's just like kind of doing enough where you're like, yeah, all right. We'll keep him for the season, but uh, Harris Andrews did cop an injury, JB. He only finished on a score of 60, and uh, we haven't got more news of that at the time of the recording, but it looks like owners might need to trade him out.
0: Yeah, had the left thigh uh, on ice in that one, so concerning. Thigh injury is never good, but uh, owners, yeah, keep an eye out on that. Hopefully, it comes out in the next day or so, and you can make your upgrade or um, sideways around to another premium defender. Doesn't look like he's been a successful pick to start the season. We'll move on to Collingwood. Uh, bouncing back from a couple of down weeks is Adam Trelaw. We actually pegged him in for a another poor couple of weeks coming up with uh, a few omissions that Collingwood had to have with... Um, who's that curly head one? <laughs> Maine. Man, that's the one. Got injured, so we thought Trelaw would be more on the outside. But I mean, only nine contested disposals out of his thirty-five, so it wasn't exactly a contested beast. But he got thirty-five disposals, so I mean, no no surprise to anyone that he scored big in this one.
1: Yeah, he loves playing Brisbane. I think he he scored one hundred like seventy-six or something against them in the past. So yeah, this this was a good game, a good bounce back for Trillo, and he's just going to do this whole season where he's. Has massive scores, and he, you know, goes a couple slightly below sub a hundred, but he's certainly got the ceiling, which is kind of what you want in the pick. And and again, those that put the VC on him, which is what you want with a VC, someone with a high variance, then yeah, he's he nailed it this
0: week. Yep, no doubt. And uh, Mav ninety four was one of those people, which uh, resulted in his big score. So got a second shout out there for Mav. We'll move <laughs> on to the next person, and uh, that's Jack Chris, also the one with the uh, a player with a bounce back score, one hundred and sixteen this week. And I think pretty much what you said with Trullo he's going to have some big weeks, but he's also going to have some low weeks. So if you're an owner, I think we, uh, we would advise to ride the roller coaster. And if you don't have him, um, I'm not sure if there's any period of time in which he's going to go big for a month. So he's going to always be around a, a lowly sort of price compared to the others, but could still be in that top six to eight range.
1: Yeah, it's a hard one to pick, especially with this pie's team that's kind of changing um, on a week to week basis. We're not we're not settled at all yet. We obviously. Played if anyone watched this game incredibly well against Brisbane. I mean, stop me uh, if I'm being a kind of ridiculous, JB. But we we looks like a side that should be playing, you know, in the f- the final week in September this year if we play like that um, <laughs> for the for the rest of the season. But um, Jack Crisps, we we don't really know if Collingwood's going to be able to maintain this, you know, rage throughout the whole season. And uh, Crisp would probably be a decent option for those that had a Harris Andrews just because his price is really cheap you know he's only around the 470k range so he's cheap enough that if you don't have enough in the bank to get you know a Whitfield or a Lloyd um then you know this is a a kind of decent other option
0: yeah uh, I think that's a good good call by yourself uh Brody Grundy bucked the trend of players that are Ruckman not being able to score against Brisbane but only did put up 100 so I guess we can actually put some weight in this Brisbane limiting Ruckman because, generally speaking, Brodie Grundy has been lowered by about 20 points off of his normal average, even though he did still score 100. Uh, Maybe there's something to look into if we're thinking of vice-captain in Gorn in future against Brisbane.
1: I guess, but we don't have to worry about that for a while, JB. I did want to ask (laughs) you, Darcy Moore, 79 points. When is it time to move more
0: on? I think it's a team-by-team and week-by-week process with more. His break-even isn't bad this week. Again, it's around 50, so he's not going to lose money. He won't make a whole lot more unless he goes large any given week. But, I mean, myself, I'm fine with moving him on as early as next week. I think is fine. If you think that he's going to be scoring around the 70s and 80s like he has been, he's obviously not going to break into that top 6 to 8 range, probably not even the top 10 range. And he's sort of stopped in his money making. If you had the money straight away to go more to Boken, um, I mean, it's, it, that's what makes it team by team because there's so many rookies that are scoring so poorly and he's not one of them in your forward line. So I try and keep him on field for as long as possible and upgrade around him. Uh, but look, if the money was there and you could make that upgrade this week, next week, or the week after, then it's not something I'd hesitate in doing either.
1: Yeah, the rookies are the big one. If you have poor performing rookies, obviously they're the positions I would target first and more has that flexibility that DPP so you can choose if a, your backline is struggling or your forward line is struggling and you know shift more around to try and um upgrade like in the exact positions that you want to or obviously you know just trade out the rookies that aren't performing well um and replace with other rookies and a primo in that line instead. Um but yeah, you've just got super amounts of flexibility using more. So I don't think you even uh, in a rush to hold. He doesn't seem like someone that's going to put in, I'm probably jinxing this, but it doesn't seem like someone that's going to just score a random 30 or 40 um, and ruin your week and then you have to like desperately trade him out the next week. So I feel pretty confident just leaving him until the end
0: and then upgrading him. Yeah, there are more pressing issues.
1: Yep. Well, let's
0: move on to the next game. Oh, wow. More pressing? Okay, don't worry about it. North Melbourne versus Essendon. <laughs> I got it very <laughs> <I was> late. <laughs> disappointed, but sorry. North Melbourne versus Essendon was the next game of the round. Uh, not a whole lot to look at from the North Melbourne side. In fact, I'm, I'm not even going to talk about any of them unless you stop me. Maybe Bailey Scott's 41 isn't great, but uh, a chance to be dropped, maybe not. Uh, still has a lowish break even, so not someone that we're going to be trading out unless he is maybe dropped in You don't think he's going to get back into the side, but I don't really want to chat too much about him, Pistol. We'll go to Essendon's side. Zach Merritt, another score of 137. Another big score, I should say, and really looks primed to have a big, big season.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously, we've been speaking about it for the last two weeks that he's been a good pick, and he just continues to score points. The problem is it's a bit too early to be making these upgrades, but he's someone that certainly looks like he could be finishing up in the top 10 midfielders this year. So uh, keep your eye on him because he's flying.
0: What about Dylan Shiel, 120 supercoach points, someone else that's flying and, and flourishing in a new midfield? SNN have had a couple of good we- wins in a row now, and if they keep on this vein of form, which a lot of people are tipping, they've sort of found their their sweet spot here. He could be a sneaky one to get around that 110-plus average.
1: Oh, I mean, why would you bother when you've got Merit. Who's hardly more expensive, who's just a better version of, in Supercoach, of of Shield. Like, I I don't understand the logic behind that.
0: I mean, you could have both.
1: Well, if you're a bomber supporter, you might have both, but (laughs) at the moment, there's plenty of midfielders that are outscoring them, and they're, you know, they're probably the ones that you, I assume you don't have all of them, so yeah, there's other targets. I I don't think I'd be doing a double up.
0: Fine. Well, that, Just about sums it up for that game, Pistol, unless you've got someone else there.
1: (laughs) Well, briefly, uh, Braden Ham was a a late in. He's a forward rookie, 117k. Um, Just the 44 points. Uh, Don't know if he did enough to hold his spot. Uh, If he did, that scoring potential doesn't really screen pick me either. So, yes, one one to watch going into next week.
0: Doesn't look like someone who really go ham in average of points in this one.
1: What is going on?
0: Am I doing that too much now?
1: Am I becoming you? Yeah, no, but it's you're just like, you're the worst version of me. I'm like me with a V. No, that was a good one. Uh, okay, let's move on.
0: All right, fine. West Coast uh, losing to the Premier Team in the competition. Uh, no shame in that whatsoever. And we'll start off by talking about Petrucelli. <laughs> I'm not sure why I benched him because I thought Eagles were going to win by 100 in this one going into the game. And then they started getting smashed, and I was like, okay, fine. They're getting smashed, so Petricelli still, still would be fine to bench. And he ended up putting five goals, two on. There were only three other goal scorers for the match who each put in one uh, each. And so Petricelli scored five goals, two of their eight goals, five, and it looked amazing.
1: It's, it's, it's awesome when a rookie just comes out of nowhere where you're like, ah, oh, they're probably not going to make any more cash and they just score a massive score, and you're like, all right, here we go, we've got two more weeks, and then we've got to trade them out at their peak, um, and that's exactly what happened with Jack Petricelli. So if you played him on the field, or you're able to loop him in with field, you know, big win, but definitely don't expect these types of scores at all um, in the future from him, because <laughs> especially next week, at, down at the Cattery against Geelong, uh, I would be shocked if he, he managed to pull out a ton there.
0: Those who have binds on their bench, though, uh, can loophole Parker just in case he does go really, really low. And uh, worst-case scenario, can put Setterfield on the, on the field to uh, sort of make up for him. So there is still the option of playing him if Parker does really badly, but yeah, I wouldn't be pegging him in for another 100-plus score, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. The next player we'll talk about is Shannon Hearn, point of difference, uh, 121 supercoach. Now, there's, there's something to be said. He's... I think his highest average of disposals in a season was around 24. And uh, that was his highest averaging season. I'm trying to remember exactly what I wrote about him a couple of weeks ago. But uh, he's getting 30s each week and scoring, obviously, up upper echelon 115, 120 sort of scores. And I was sort of struggling to understand why he had this massive jump, but he's taking every one of their kick-ins. So Port had 17 behinds in this one, and West Coast are a good defensive team, so they're forcing teams to kick behinds. And then he's getting a lot of disposals from those kick-ins as well. So maybe it's sustainable for him to average up in the 25-plus range of disposals this year.
1: Yeah, his previous high in average possessions was 21. So he's absolutely smacking that out of the water this year. And... Yeah, what can we say? Every week we're like, yep, Shannon Hurst scored well again. I mean, after a certain amount of time, you just need to get him. So uh, it's a matter of when you can manage to upgrade to him. A lot of the defender rookies are scoring well, so I think a lot of people's focus at the moment is on those forward line rookies. So uh, unfortunately for a lot of people, it seems like Hearn is going to be the one that got away when he was cheap and they're just going to have to grab him a little bit later.
0: I think he's been the number one beneficiary for the kick-in rules, though.
1: Yes, I'd say that's definitely true. Um, Also, JB, just quickly touching on another Eagles player, um, Dom Sheed seems to have completely fallen off a cliff with the return of Andrew Gaff, only 66 this week after a poor score last week. For people that had Sheed, is this the time that you now get rid of him? I mean, he he did have 27 touches, so it wasn't like a horrible performance but is it is it time now
0: he had 27 touches and uh the week before last he was touted to be playing more of a forward role which he did uh the week before this one and that's that explains that poor score he wasn't extremely forward in this one he, he was in a lot of senate well not a lot of set of bounces but he was in a lot of stoppages and then you know thus got the disposal count so i wouldn't be surprised if he comes out with some big scores in future but i don't think he'll be even nearly consistent enough to, to sort of hold on to. He'll be up one week, down the next, and or down the next few, and and will consistently be, I think, dropping from his current price. So, I think whoever started him should cash in now, and uh, just be happy that they got off uh, while there's still trades in the bank.
1: Yeah, I think with these uh, midfield rookies that debuted this week and scored particularly well, so there's Jackson Hately as well as mm-hmm. uh, Will Hayes, and even Stack scored well this week. I think there might be some. I guess, refound confidence in the midfield rookies. So if you did have Sheed, you might want to downgrade him uh, maybe next week, maybe this week. I guess it depends on your team structure and situation um, to one of the midfield rookies and just play an extra midfield rookie on the field and take a forward premium, a forward rookie off your field. Um, I think that would just increase your team's overall uh, scoring potential, JB.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I tend to agree with that. Uh, Elliot Yo still yet to bounce back and and Gaff consistently scoring around the 95 to 110 mark. So nothing too specific to chat about with them. I think uh, in this game, it was really, really just prominent that their forwards were absolutely unable to get into the game. We had Josh Kennedy, 24 points. Jack Darling had nine points for the game pistol. Nine points for a game. So... 86% time on ground as well. It's... That's that's low. <laughs> I mean, bad, without stating
1: the obvious, uh, that, that's low. It's an entire game of football and it's nine points. So, he's now got a break even of 124. He's fallen a further 45K. He's only 385K. Wow. What do you do if you have Jack Darling besides the fetal position?
0: Yeah, so fetal position step one, obviously. That goes without saying. But besides that, uh, I'll be using... I mean, I'd be finding money. Uh, there's, I mean, I don't really advise going early on on mid-rookies, but if you desperately needed money to get him up, maybe it's not horrible. I, yeah, there's just not a lot of downgrade options this week. There's more going to come in next week. <sighs> you just have to get rid of him. You can't, you absolutely can't carry him. There's absolutely no form with him whatsoever. And, yeah, you can't put him on the field. He scored a nine pistol, that's... That's Bolter like <laughs> That's actually worse than Bolter, which is saying
1: something. But I'm going to disagree with you, JB, which is probably a big call. Um, I don't think he's going to score particularly well against Geelong uh, this week. But after that, he's got a nice little three-game stretch where he plays Gold Coast at, at, um, at West Coast home. Then he plays St Kilda and then <laughs> Melbourne at West Coast home. West Coast home. I was going to say at home, and I was like, oh, people might get confused if it's Gold Coast home or West Coast home, so I'll be specific. So he's got that three-game run um, where that nine will fall out of his rolling average, and I think what will happen during that period of time is that he might score a little bit better than he's currently scoring. I mean, he can't really get much worse, to be honest, but if he's even able to put back on some of that lost money and you can get him back up to 400K right before the buyers, I think he might be now... I feel like now you're kind of stuck with him until the buys and hope you can sell him out at the buys for, you know, 420, 430K and hope he can score a couple of, you know, 80 pluses. But he's not somebody that you can keep for the whole season.
0: Yeah, I'd still be advising to get rid of him as soon as possible. And, like, it just... There's every chance this week against so long he puts up a score... You know around fifty sixty, and that's it's just not good enough if you can get him fifteen, sixteen, sixteen or fifty sixty <laughs> take it how you will, but the it's just not good enough and you can't have it on your field you you can't be losing more and more money and like I don't even trust him against Gold Coast to ton up so if you're you know you're not trusting him to ton up in the next few weeks either, then you could be looking at someone that you just absolutely in a few weeks' time you could have lost. You know, fifty points a week for not just trading him to book right now.
1: So, just a, a quick uh, sidetrack note here: Brad Shepherd averaging a hundred. Is he someone that you can realistically see averaging a hundred for the whole season, or just a hot start?
0: Yeah, I feel like it's just a hot start. He he he's a back pocket. He's not a rebounding defender. And although he did the job on Robbie Gray this week, held him to forty-five SuperCoach points, zero goals to the game. Like he, he just. There'll be games where he just doesn't get the ball because they don't filter it through him. So he'll have amazing games like this where he just gets a hold of his opposition and he'll have games where he just has to lock down and, and play him far more defensively and on the balls, uh, off the ball. So, yeah, I, there'll be 60s in these future scores for sure.
1: All right, so so take me through the Port Boys. Um, what, what have you got for us?
0: Not a whole lot this week. Uh, there weren't a lot of big scores from the Port Boys and... All the big scores were from unlikely people that aren't really super coach relevant. It was good to see Drew bounce back, uh, play far more midfield this week than he did in, not last week because he still played midfield last week, but the week before. So I think they found a happy meeting with him. He, he should have scored better last week as well, but didn't really... He was that link in the chain that just didn't get used half the time. So I think I said that during the podcast last week as well. And then besides that, you got Boak with a Hutchings tag, put up a 95, which... If you're an owner or a non-owner, it just absolutely has to make you feel good about boat scoring potential this season, Pistol.
1: Yeah, I'm terrified not owning him when he's looking like 95 at this rate. It's like his floor and he's still 570K and there's no chance of me affording him. I think uh, if you manage to already have him, that's a massive win on the rest of the competition.
0: So how many weeks do you put on this guy as like you've missed the boat sort of thing? (laughs) Do you say missed the boat? Um. <laughs> i should have no that would be a funny <laughs> one no so but not not like mr boat as in you can't get him in at all but like mr boat as in you're gonna have to actually front up 600k well i think if you this
1: is now the week to get him he's 570 i mean that's so much for a forward premium as well i just generally would never pay this much for a forward premium but he just looks like a different type of beast right now and if you don't get him this week honestly i'm still considering just grabbing him, but at the buy he plays in that first buy round which makes it perfect for you know he's got the buy comes the next week and then I've been able to you know triple downgrade and build up a, a stack of cash and then I finish off Boke, I get Boke to finish off my forward line I should say um, and <laughs> then you're then you're 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 happy and you've you're into the buys and you've got great play on your team and I feel like that's going to have to be the aim for a lot of us in this situation because it's just going to get over 600k and it's hard paying that much for a forward in coach, especially when there's players that maybe aren't equal in scoring power. For example, you know Tim Kelly's had only one score below 100, I think it is, and that was that 39. So he's around 490k, and I'd much rather pay you know 100k less on on Kelly next week than pay 600k for Boak. So um, yeah, the the buyers kind of what i'm targeting but if you can make a move now this week then i think you've you've got to do it
0: that's what i'll be doing pistol so thank you for your advice this podcast did help me with my team there we go Uh, we'll move on to the next player rockliff uh was able to get over the 30 disposal threshold again wasn't as impactful in the game and considering the the rate in which it became game over in this one he just couldn't get all of those points in the final quarter which i think he flourishes in as well so uh 90 super coach points if you're an owner i'd still be very content owning him, very happy owning him even. If I was a non-owner, what, what do you think of this pistol? Because he he does have the potential to be a top eight midfielder.
1: He's certainly value. I did notice his time on ground was one of the lowest for I laid this week out of nowhere, which is strange. But honestly, at, at this stage, if you didn't, if you think he was going to be a top 10 midfielder, you probably would have already grabbed him when he was like 400 or between 400 and 440K. Um, but now, if you... St- still don't think if you're unsure if he's going to be a top 10 midfielder i'd just leave it and reassess at a buy if you have to pay 100k more you have to pay 100k more but you probably won't end up getting Rockcliffe anyway <laughs>
0: by the buy i'm sure there'll be better
1: options available
0: yeah i think that's spot on uh, the rookies uh, were able to do better this week but it's definitely a bounce back for those who held him and then lastly we'll have a little bit of a chat about robbie gray who put up a score of 45 so he's averaging 81 he did put up two good scores to start the season three good scores even if I remember correctly but then he's put up two lowly scores in the last two weeks as well and his break even is now looking at 152 with a 460k price tag could find his way down to 400k pistol so not someone that I'd advocate going for now obviously but when he does get around 400k if you see that turning around or if you see ports form up and about still then he's definitely one to keep an eye on couldn't have said it better myself. Cool. So we'll move on to the Greater Western Sydney versus Fremantle game, if that's fine. Yep. Go for it. Cool. i have got to start doing that without asking now because I think I'm. I've, you know, taken the L plates down and, and can finally do that, <laughs> do that without hesitating. Uh, we'll start off with Canelio, who put up 37 disposals, three tackles, kicked a goal, 12 contested possessions had a great game stat-wise, only 104 supercoach points, and they lost to Fremantle. Are you a concerned Canelio owner in the fact that he can't somehow get over 110 points since pretty much round one?
1: Well, when I look at his disposal efficiency of 56%, I'm not surprised that he's only scraping a ton with those stats. It's it's pretty simple. He needs to use the ball better to score better. I feel like Canelio's still worthwhile, you know, Holding, and I I can't really see myself getting rid of him throughout the season. He just, when you've got a player that gets that much of the ball, those those scores are. You're going to get some of these hundreds. You're going to get some 80s, but at the same time, we're bound to get some 150 plus scores. So, I'll patiently wait. I feel like in a game where they don't lose to Fremantle at home by 20 points, maybe they beat Fremantle at home by 20 points. He probably that's on the back of him using the ball a little bit better, and then you know his score looks more like you know, the 120-plus range. So um, a happy hold on Canelio, but I do wish he would stop being a,
0: a little bit of a butcher. <laughs> I think that's a fair ask by you. Now, uh, we'll move on to Josh Kelly. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm sort of licking my lips watching Kelly play and, and score around the 90s. Happy for him to do that. He scored 95 in the first week, 97 in the week just gone with 114 in between. So he's dropped approximately, I can can see if I move your Skype head out of the way, Pistol, he's dropped 30k so far and has a break even around 134, so if he gets a couple more of these little lowly scores while still sort of building into the season, he could be around 550k in a few weeks time and that's, to me, somewhat you're looking at getting a top 5 midfielder in the comp for a very discounted price.
1: 90 is his baseline, like he doesn't score less than that, he just peppers a 90, he'll go between 90 and like 120 every week, and then just randomly have games where he scores like 200, and that will average out to his 115, 120 average, so he'll work his way back into it, but ooh, it's hard to convince me on Kelly after last season, I know it's a, it, you shouldn't take these things as once bitten twice shy, but it, it is hard to get me excited about Josh Kelly this season.
0: I'll always be excited about Josh Kelly. He has too much talent to stay down, and I know he was injury-prone last season, but that was sort of an outlier, despite the fact that he's been injury-prone early this season. Mm. But look, if he strings a few together and gets around the 110 mark you know, a couple of weeks in a row, then I'll be... Definitely looking to jump on that bandwagon. Uh, next is Jackson Hately, who enjoyed a decent debut with the uh, the lowly ninety five supercoach points he was able to rack up. Looks amazing for next week. Would next you week? recommend did, going did early? Did you mean next week? I, I said I, next I nev- week.
1: Well, I, I'd never go early on a rookie if I didn't like. If I if there was no other option, I guess I would. But I still am not going to jump on Haley early myself. You never really know what's gonna happen. He might get injured next week and then it's just a completely wasted trade. He might not get named for his third game, although you'd think he's kind of bought himself at least a couple more games with this performance. Um I feel like he's the safest player. There's there's a lot of players that are uh, played one game and they'll be in the bubble in the in a fortnight, but he seems to be the safest. Obviously Ward went out and Haley came in, so he can he can make the position his own. So yeah, um, I feel like if I had to gamble um, this would be a safe player to bring in early but again, it's not my number one preference
0: Fair enough uh, We'll move on to uh, just a comment, passing comment on Zach Williams 91 Supercoach points A lot of people, uh, even including myself have thought about trading him out based on his current form this season but it hasn't even been bad and I'm still of the belief that he's building for the season and we are yet to see the best of Zach Williams this year.
1: All right. That's a comment. Um, I, <laughs> okay, fine. I never never thought I would trade him out, so I'm just happily holding. And uh, as I said earlier, I'll just reassess how he's going at the buy, but happy happy at the moment. Um, passing comment on Whitfield 2, first sub-tonne of the season, only in 86. Has a break-even now of um, 134. So, I can't even say will drop in price because it's not a guarantee, but I'm kind of hoping he has another sub ton uh, next week just to really spike that that break even so he can fall well below the 600K, not just peppering around it, but so he makes it a little bit easier to get in for you know the likes of the non-owners.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think everyone is hoping for that scenario unless you are one of the owners, Pistol. Yeah. But we'll move over to the Fremantle side of things. Um, Probably the biggest tease in Supercoach history... Michael Walters has put up a big one hundred and thirty plus score, and he's having a good season so far. But despite that, it's he's sort of having a Michael Walters season. So he's, he's had, <laughs> it's it's funny, isn't it, how he keeps on doing the exact same thing? So he's had four scores now, over a hundred, and a score of fifty against Gold Coast. He's
1: averaging a hundred and five as a forward for the season. Like he he's playing like a genuine top six forward. The only problem is. That's what Michael Walters does. He scores ridiculously well in patches and then will score very poorly in other patches before getting injured and getting suspended as well. So, if you're willing to take that gamble, you kind of know what you're going to get. But yeah, it's. <laughs> Again, this is one of the things you've just learnt time after time. He's got an entire history of having hot and cold patches. So. Do you want to spend a lot of money and buy him at his peak price or do you want to wait for him to get a bit cheaper? I mean, yeah, I guess kind of up to you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and he's always in risk of copping a suspension as well. So uh, definitely flirting with danger if you trade him in, but one of the most high-risk, high reward players that you'll probably see for a while. Uh, We'll move over to Nat 5. Back to business, 110 Supercoach points. Was tagged to just the 15 points in the final quarter, I believe. Uh, DeBoer, went over to him, but I assume that's not the first scalp De Boer will be taking. I think Fife is fairly safe to now bounce back to his normal scoring prowess. Now, quickly, Luke Ryan has started the season extremely well, Pistol, and someone that I think last season was touted to be a potential top six after the the finish of the season prior. Now, again, touted to be top six, uh, has that potential with a big score of the week before this one as well. Do you like his chances, despite the fact that he tends to put up low nineties and even scores in the seventies here and there as well?
1: No, I've not been on board the Luke Ryan fan. I know he's, I know he's scored well so far this season, but Fremantle have started exceptionally well, and I still see them as, you know, a bottom six side. So I feel like they will lose a lot more games and win for the rest of the year, and in some of those games, he'll go quiet. I'm sure of it, and for me. This year, there's a lot of really, really solid defenders. Um, definitely ones that I need to get in, such as Whitfield and probably Sicily and probably Laird, who I just don't own. And I would much rather that their safety and stability um, in
0: my side than someone like Luke Ryan. Average is about one hundred and fifteen at Optus Stadium this year. So, things always average well at Optus Stadium. So, I don't know. Maybe if there's a bit of a home stretch that they have and. A couple of generous games down the line, you're looking for an upgrade. I'm not opposed to Luke Ryan, but yeah, you have to know that he doesn't travel very well and yeah, is prone to those low scores. So he says after he travels and scores a hundred <laughs> away from home, a hundred on that. Yeah, of course, like he's still a good player. He's still going to score well when he travels sometimes as well. But you know, had 78 at Metricon in round two, so at the same time, he's prone to those lower scores. So yeah, stop correcting me. I, if you're f- still, I, I forgot right.
1: Hearn when I was saying my top. Defenders because it's that much of a POD. So I, my mind still doesn't go to Hearn. And and,
0: and we've just yeah. spoken about him as well. He's,
1: he's a gun. So yeah, there's so many more
0: defenders that I would rather get. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Mundy with an 83 in this one. Uh, Fife coming back into the team. It seems like he's going to struggle to score those big tons when Fife is there. But you know it will always be around that sort of 80-ish mark, I, I think. So he, he has
1: a disposal efficiency of 56 as well. So this could have been much higher for Mundy.
0: Yep. Uh, not much to say there except you're, you're a ballsy player if you go for him and you know he can do well. Obviously, he has shown in the past that he struggles to average below the 90 mark as a forward very consistent. So move on to the next game. It's Demons losing to St. Kilda who are up and about this oh, season, no. Pistol, must be said. <laughs>
1: the Saints supporters, the amount of events I've been invited to about joining um, St. Kilda oh, supporters in the AFL Grand Gem Final Hunter. this year.
0: He spammed me with about ten premiership parade bloody St Kilda things on Facebook. <laughs>
1: I'm I'm getting a lot of the uh, Saints supporters up and about, which is great for them uh, to be up and about. But yeah, long term, they haven't had the the easiest of draw, and I'm sure their confidence is sky high at the moment. But yeah, let's let's revisit this and see how they're feeling at the bye, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk then. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, so we'll start with Melbourne's side. Uh, Gorn and Oliver back to. Almost their best, Oliver still with a putrid disposal efficiency of 61%. If he can turn that around, he's still every chance to go 115 plus from here on out. In fact, if he does turn that around, he's likely to go 115 from this point out. So uh, he was struggling to get the tackles earlier in the season as well, got six in this game. So I think it's only a matter of time before he explodes and he's getting quite cheap for what he's capable of as well. Uh, yep. Marty Hawes, the probable one that uh, we should discuss, 96 supercoach points, um, obviously can't discuss as in trading in. Those who got on him are very, very good, and it looks like Neville Jetta, I believe, is now out for a couple of months.
1: Yes, uh, Jetta and I think uh, Lewis is out as well, so there's a couple of spots that have just you know opened up in that Melbourne backline, which just means the job security for Hawes even though, you know, he's obviously played well, but it's gone absolutely through the roof. I have a question for you, JB. He has a break-even of negative 69, and his price is still 195K. If you missed out on Hoare, is it really too late, or could you still jump on this week? Uh,
0: It's difficult. Uh, I'm inclined to say you're too late because, firstly, I don't know who you'd be trading down to him, but you wouldn't be making a whole lot of money there because... Your defensive rookies are either still appreciating or they're Jordan Clark who haven't appreciated it enough to sort of drop 60K. Um, and then, yeah, it's sort of... It's a tough one, though. I mean, he's, he's 190K, which just... For me, it just... Yeah, it's it's at that price where it's too late. So, what if you wanted to do, let's say,
1: a Darcy Moore at 336K to Hoare at 194K. So, you're still banking... You know, one hundred and forty k on that
0: trade—is that viable? It (laughs) it it is. Just got silent. (laughs) I mean, it's it's a tough one, obviously, because I'm not about to predict whore to go eighty plus for the rest of the season. But look, he's scoring well and. If he's likely to keep putting up scores of 80 plus, then you know you're not losing that safety in points that more gets you on field. You could field whore and you know probably have a point of difference on field option to a lot of people. He's obviously going to make a lot more money in, in his safe in that side now. I don't hate it, but I just I I'd rather use my trades. You know, trading more out for someone who's bottom completely basement price and you know maximizing the cash and making it even more. But I don't know. It's a tough one because, yeah, you're pretty much predicting whore to accumulate 150K from this point on, which is capable of, but I just don't know if, if it's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I, I think he's playing particularly well, but I don't think that he's going to maintain an 80-plus average. So I, I can. it depends what you can do with the money is a simple answer. I, I don't think it would be my first preference, though. Well, let's put it That's that way. That's a difficult question. <laughs> it, it was a very tough question. Um Angus Brayshaw, though, I spoke earlier about, you know, how I traded him to Neil this week. Um, Maybe I'll expand on that. So he scored 82 this week. It's more... It's not just about the raw scores that he's getting. Obviously, he hasn't scored particularly well. Um, It's more about his role. He doesn't seem to be playing full-time in the midfield. He's spending... Um, maybe 20-30% up forward but not just that he's not accumulating the ball in the same way that we saw last year where he was often getting close to 40 touches a game he really seems to be a mid 20s type of player this season and that also may be linked to his time on ground which has just been shocking um, since round one another 74% which is one of the lowest in the demon side um, this game so was actually a third lowest by, you know, 1%. So he, he's really spending a lot of time on the bench. He's playing forward for stints. Um, and Melbourne obviously aren't winning games, so he's playing in a forward line where the ball just isn't. So this role is concerning. Melbourne, to me, seemed like a sinking ship at the moment, and Oliver is clearly the superior pick. So, um, I yeah, I wanted to get off, and I knew I could bridge the gap very quickly. Um, 2-0. However, that being said, um, I believe Viney, I may have misread right before the podcast, but I think I just saw that Viney's injured now as well, Um, and he could miss anywhere between one and five weeks, so if that's a five-week injury for Viney, uh, that might mean Brayshaw's right back in the middle, accumulating those 40 touches a game and has to play 80% time on ground, so I may have made a mistake, but obviously you can't predict those injuries, so I feel like if you, there's there's no right answer. I feel like you could probably hold for another week and see if it improves because he's not killing you with his poor scores. Um, but I do feel like at this rate, at this stage, he's going to struggle to average more than 105 and you're going to end up trading at the buy and If you could quickly jump ship to a, a Boak or a Neal who's definitely going to finish in the top couple, like top three of their position, um, then at least consider
0: it. Yeah, I think you said that pretty well. So, those who do own brace right there, probably a failed pick at this point. And, yeah, if you want to correct that, then there's absolutely no issue in doing so. So, having said that, we'll move over to St. Kilda's side. Uh, Big tick for Jack Steele getting eight tackles in this one. So, going over the five, mark again. Maybe I set that too low. Maybe you did. Oh, well.
1: Um, I was trying to goad you into changing it, but that's okay. We'll skip past that.
0: I'm okay. So, we'll go Jack Billings, 93, super coach again. Uh, he seems to be a specialist in kicking goals in the last thirty seconds of the game, but did kick another one, uh, put his score up from eighty-five to ninety-three, so made it made it go from a reasonable score to a, a, now a good score in the forward line, and seems to be doing this each week. So looking like he's possibly going to be a top-six forward option, but for me, Pistol, nah. I can't trust him until he does this in a, a, you know three or four losses in a row.
1: Yeah. That's it. Even last year, he scored well in St Kilda wins and St Kilda are winning, you know, they're, they're going to win the flag. So at this rate, <laughs> he's a great, he's a great pick. Oh, but, get him in then yeah, if get him the if <laughs> they start losing, um, I would imagine his scoring starts to drop off as we've seen before. Obviously, Not majorly
0: either, probably into the 80s, but still.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I I don't think I'd be upgrading to him. I would definitely be waiting exactly. and seeing at this point, um, JV. but I did want to quickly touch on the fact that Geary is also injured now for a couple of weeks, so Callum Wilkie, last time Geary was laid out, did score 110, just a 66 for Wilkie this week, but hoping that maybe he can pop out another ton without
0: Geary in the side. Excellent work by you, Pistol. Good insight.
1: Is it? Okay. Thank you very much. Tell us tell us about Rowan Marshall.
0: Uh, scored 50.
1: Great. So
0: don't get Rowan Marshall. Is that it? <laughs> I mean, we knew this was going to happen this week. Uh, came up against Max Gorn, who in his own right is a very limiting ruckman and a very good ruckman. So I would have been surprised if Marshall pumped out another ton. The fact that he scored as low as 50, not great. I, he's just not a trading option for me. Even after those couple or three or four tons in a row to start the season. I wasn't really considering him. Uh just yeah, in, in that ruck spot, eh, it's just with longer potential to come back as well. He has too many question marks and now that we've seen him be limited by, you know, another ruckman, yeah, I'm just off him and I wasn't on him in the first place, so
1: fair enough. And uh what are your th- quick thoughts on Maddie Parker?
0: Maddie Parker uh had a good last quarter to salvage that score. Doesn't look like he'll make a lot more money, but you know there are if you've got more important trade-outs to attend to, or the fact that there are no forward rookies and you don't have a swing in the midfield, it's fine to hold him or you know keep him on the bench or you know whether you loop holding him or Petrucelli, whatever it is you're doing, it's fine until you can get an upgrade. He, he's not going to lose a lot of money at this point, and you know maybe he'll pull out. Another eighty eventually, you know that's best case scenario. But at this stage, he's just a bit of a non-factor unless you can trade him up.
1: Yeah, at two hundred and ten k, he hasn't really made enough money that I have a purpose for him right now. He seems like a kind of a Petrocchelli type in that he'll probably pepper the fifty average mark, and then one game he's going to explode just because he has that potential. So for me, I might even just continually hold him if I can until that happens, and then trade him out at his highest price. But I'm saying that as someone who has Bolter and Binds on the forward
0: line bench, so I might not have that opportunity to just hold him. He feels pretty safe for a score around the fifty as well. So he's not the like he's horrible on the field, but he's not the worst bench player either. So if that's if that's his role on your team he's just sitting on the bench and yeah, upgrading elsewhere players who've made more money then, you know, it's it's quite quite fine for me.
1: Yeah, he's on my field, though. Let's jump into uh, <laughs> Richmond versus uh, Sydney Swans, though, JB. All right, well, let's start off with Noah
0: Bolter. Big 49 yes. pistol. He's got to yes. make some
1: money. He didn't lose money this round. That was all I really cared about.
0: <laughs> uh, had two goals help him to that score, so he was looking at 29. <laughs> but but there you go.
1: Well, look, Still 58% time on ground. He... <laughs> His time on ground is absolutely shocking. I mean, look, his scoring per minute in this game was actually really good. So I'm hoping that he might crack the 60% time on ground mark next game and we can um, hopefully see him beat his break even of 13 because it's not a certainty. So um, fingers crossed we can make... Okay, anything's a bonus at this stage um, for for Bolta. I'm like kind of daydreaming that he scores like 70 and then like 240s and then i can sell him for like 100k profit but then reality hits me and i realize he's probably going to score back to back 20s and 130ks is going to be his highest price the whole year so and then jack rewell comes back and he gets dropped so um yep all i can say is it's not worthwhile (laughs) trading him out and you just have to keep holding and hoping for the best
0: can I just say, uh, Supercoach do a percentile chance of a player reaching their break-even. Bolter's break-even of 13 is an 86% chance, so it's not even a guarantee.
1: Oh, not, how, uh, how amazing is that? I would say 86 is overs.
0: I don't think I've ever seen a, a percentage lower than 100 for a break-even around 13. Well... So I mean, maybe it maybe it is overs for technic- technical purposes, but for what Supercoach actually deem as a percentile chance, seems like it's pretty crazy it's not 100%.
1: It is pretty crazy. I'm going to quickly uh, touch on Sydney Stack. Scored an 80, which is everything you could have hoped for if you'd got him um, last week, and he's going to make you uh, a stack more cash. Jack Ross, 57 in his second match. Is he actually a worthwhile bubble boy, JB?
0: I'm not getting him in this week. We've got players like Hately on the horizon. Uh, Bulldogs Hayes. Player, player, yeah, that's the one. Hayes as well. He put up a seventy this week. He's on the horizon, and with Cochin coming back in a couple of weeks' time, I think Jack Ross has every chance to hold his spot. And he looks like he's going to be a great kid, but you know, scores around the fifty mark this week, and that's probably where I'd put his potential output at. It, nah, it just,
1: he's going to he could score more. He's he's a good. Good kid. He gets a lot of touches. I just think he's going to go out for. Uh, yeah, conscience. I'm
0: not saying he's going to score a fifty every single week, but I think around if we're that's talking what he said averages, his potential is yeah, potential average of fifty-seven. Okay. That's not bad.
1: That's like a fifty-seven every week if we're working out an average.
0: Shut up. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't think he's a. Gar- I, I don't think you have to force him into your squad this week. But at the same time, if you're training him and if you're believing that he'll hold his spot, then I don't really have any issue with it either because. It wouldn't shock me if in six, seven weeks' time, he's still in the team. So they've okay, got a lot so of injuries everywhere.
1: Ross versus Hatley if you had to trade one in this week.
0: This week? I, I this mean, week. I wouldn't go early on Hately. Ooh, uh, I don't, Okay. I don't, I, don't, I don't like going early on any rookie, though.
1: Or going early in general, yeah. But Haightley is <laughs> a much better scorer with yeah. seemingly better job security, so he still wouldn't go early.
0: I, th- I mean, look, the better question is, would you wait a week and go Hately, or would you go Ross this week, knowing full well that you're not going to do an upgrade, you know, besides a uh, downgrade besides Haley next week?
1: That's basically the same question. You was just slightly more specific.
0: <laughs> no, mine's way <laughs> less risky. I'm not going early on Hately, but I'm not getting in Ross knowing that I've got Haightly for next week.
1: Yes. Okay. If I had to use the money immediately... I would probably <laughs> rather get Haley. But if I didn't have to use the money immediately, I'd just rather wait a week and then grab Haley.
0: Okay. What about Liam Baker, also on the bubble this week, with an 87 after his 91 against Port last week, 160-odd K midfielder. What are your thoughts there? I've
1: been actually dreading this question for the entire podcast because people don't like fence-sitters, especially not listening to a podcast just for a fence-sitting advice. Uh, you you want You want something, but... Baker's scoring seems so ridiculous given the position he plays as a deep kind of forward. I know he got 20 touches um, pretty much the last two weeks, but last year he just popped out three games in the 30s and then he's come out with a 91 and an 87 in like a forward capacity. I feel like Bolton is probably the one that goes first before him. Even yeah, I, maybe I agree. Castagna might even go. Before Baker, if he continues his form, but at an inflated price, one hundred and sixty, and every there's every chance that he just re- reverts back to him scoring in the thirties. I-, I don't
0: really know what to will do it help in this that situation. Reewalt is a test for this week.
1: I mean, I don't think it will affect Baker that much, but I I think that may affect Baltimore. But nice. yeah, I I don't I I personally. It's probably a big call given his two scores and people crying out for a forward rookie, but I still
0: think I would be passing on him. Fair enough. Dustin Martin, 115 this week after his one-week suspension, which should have been two. And we'll move on to the Sydney Swan squad. 111 from Jake Lloyd is, I mean, the most Jake Lloyd-esque thing that we could ever see. And besides that, Isaac Heaney, ninety-eight, uh had the twenty five touches, couple of goals. I think that's just stock standard Isaac Heaney. Not a lot to talk about on the Sydney side of things, but they did debut James Robottom and he put out a forty six, so probably not on a lot of radars unless he does something special next week.
1: I know like on someone's anatomy, I know I know where a side bottom is, but where exactly is the row bottom JB?
0: Oh that's when uh that's when you're a professional rower.
1: Oh gotcha. I gotcha. Yes. So he's, I guess, skilled in multiple swats.
0: Yeah, obviously. Yeah, oh, James oh. Robottom, very right. good by
1: him. Oh, still terrible pun. Let's move on to the next game.
0: Oh <laughs> boy, um, we'll go to the Bulldogs oh, versus button. Carlton. <laughs> no, please okay. stop.
1: Roboy, no, sorry, continue.
0: <sighs> Bulldogs versus Carlton, and it was Bulldogs obviously cracking the top. Oh, pistol! Carlton scored a hundred. What? What? I don't understand. They did. Okay. Mackay scored one hundred and fifty-three points. I'm just very, very happy. SBS scored, scored one hundred and
1: thirty-six. What is what is this? Are these the wrong scores? No, they the uh, Carlton played awesome, and uh, that hurts me. Is it... No, it doesn't even hurt me. They've they've been so bad for so long. I'm very happy for them. Wait, wait a um, minute. I think by scoring over a hundred, that's yeah, that's. Uh, a record they didn't want to continually have looking over their shoulder speaking to them saying they can't score over a hundred um, they've done it it's now no one has to talk about it ever again, and we can hopefully see uh, Carlton scraping a few wins against some some big clubs in the future that's not Collingwood:
0: I think fan foot is broken uh, It says Gibbons got a hundred and four he did so and got 150 like what is happening here?
1: It's, I know it's hard to believe. Gibbons, 104. Got to play in the midfield given Setterfield was out. So, yeah, funnily enough, Gibbons, who was probably one of the best VFL midfielders last season, has been playing as a deep forward pocket for Carlton where they <laughs> don't generally have many uh, inside 50 entries, and they get to throw him in the midfield this week, and he scores 104, which is the reason why people wanted to start him this year most, this is not most, but certainly a lot of them had had enough after him playing forward pocket every every week and got rid of him last week. So, yeah, at 104 this week, it's more of a let's hope that Carlton, you know, have learnt their lesson and continue playing in the midfield for owners.
0: Worst case scenario, if he puts up a couple of 50s, then he'll have made his 130k. So that's, you know, this 100 plus score is just a godsend for those who have held him thus far and yeah ho- hopefully it's a you know it's a sign of things to come but you know worst case scenario this is just what we needed to get him over that hump of you know only making 60 70k and wondering what the hell to do with him so uh we'll move on sam walsh potentially a keeper dare i say pistol 112 super coach points He's had a couple of tons in a row now. And as I said a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, just fails to go below 24 disposals in any game that he's played in his life pretty much.
1: Can I ban you from ever bringing that up ever again?
0: Why? it's a great stat. He always goes higher than 24 disposals.
1: And because of that, you repeat it every single week because he always gets more than 24 disposals. Fine. (laughs) 115... Average in the last three matches for Sam Walsh is primo numbers. It's not even borderline primo numbers. It is premium numbers. Um, 92% disposal efficiency. I believe he was going at 100% disposal efficiency from over 24 touches um, until the very end of the game in the last quarter where, um, yeah, there was a, a couple targets missed. But do you have a reason to trade out Sam Walsh or is he actually legitimately... Just worthwhile seeing if he's a keeper from this point onwards. I know we were joking about it before, but what's your actual thoughts?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I can't mention the, the touches thing, but that would be the reason in which I'd keep him, obviously, because he never goes below 24 touches. <laughs> All right, there we go. You have, you <laughs> nah, the re- the reason that we'll be looking to trade him later on in the season is rookies typically die out during yeah, the season. they hit a wall. Yeah, they they hit that rookie rookie wall around mid, you know, around the buys when they have that one week off and then they get back into it and for a couple of weeks after the buy they they usually fine and then they really just smack into that wall and you know, scores of 110, 115 and it up, end up turning into scores of you know 70, 80 and yeah, it just sort of capitulates for for rookies, but having said that, Walsh has an incredible tank and, you know, if anyone's going to buck the trend here, I think you know, an average of 90-plus in the second half of the season is possible. We could keep him on the bench for the whole season. would be great. But, yeah, I think we're, we're expecting a little bit too much at this stage.
1: All right. So, um, quickly speaking of someone potentially dropping off but then not dropping off, what a segue. Cade <laughs> Simpson, 92 points, a ton last week after three, I'd say, terrible Supercoach games in the first three weeks. Is he now someone that you should be looking at trading in at his cheaper price?
0: Uh, I honestly do not know. (laughs) And we we talk about fencing, but there is not a whole lot of reason for his poor scoring in the first few rounds. And then there's just not a whole lot that's changed in the last two rounds to have him scoring well. But I mean, Carlton look like they're improving and Kate Simpson should absolutely be a beneficiary of that. And, you know, If that's the case, then he can bounce back to his last year's scoring, which he should have been doing in the first three rounds as well. Then, yeah, he, he very well is cheap and underpriced. But, you know, if we somehow see another 70 out of him in the next couple of weeks, then who knows what's going on with him. It, it could just be an inconsistent season while he tries to get the ball in the hands of other kids that you know need the improvement. It's so difficult to read Cade Simpson this year.
1: Well, I think think that he's not worth getting purely for the fact that Ooh. usually he has these poor games but he also has these massive games he he's not generally someone that is going to just score like 100 I think he he scored what seven scores above 120 last season and I don't really see that in him this year and that gets That's him that 100 enough. average he, he has the low games but he has the big games and I don't see him having those big games this season. So, um, for me, it is a pass, and and onto the Bulldogs we go, JB.
0: Yeah, that's a fair point. Now, Bonson-Pelly, another score over 100 with 104 supercoach points. Only the 24 disposals in this one, so a little bit lower than what we've been seeing in the first few rounds and played a little bit more forward, I'd like to say, without any actual knowledge on that. Um, <laughs> kicked a couple of behinds. I, I mean, I'll, you watch the game, and it looks like they played a bit more forward, and then Fantasy Freako tweets out that he played did Zach you know the last month. So just from the naked eye, it looked like he was played more forward this game. Uh, you'd think so with the lower disposal count as well, but at the same time, there's no reason for him to have done that, so can't exactly confirm. But yeah, he just... Looks like he's absolutely going to go 105, 110 plus this season and hopefully it's his breakout year, but we've seen it in the past.
1: I would say after this week, I'm incredibly worried for him in the future as playing as a pure midfielder. We saw them lose Shaki and then not bring in a tall forward and now we've just seen Norton score 21 super coach points, have a total of zero goals, zero behinds playing at full forward. I am terrified that the next, I guess, thing to try again is playing Bontempelli as that, I guess,
0: second forward.
1: Well, they um, brought
0: in Bailey Williams, didn't they? And he did run through the midfield a little bit. So maybe... A lot,
1: yeah. Hey, Bailey yeah. Williams got a lot more midfield time than I guess you would expect. But... That kind of pushed other players, like uh, Libba played a lot forward, it seems. But yeah, I think if I was Bevo, the next thing you would be trying is probably Bontempelli as your forward, because they just need some target up there. I mean, I'd probably just bring in Trengo, who's absolutely dominating in the VFL, kicking bags of goals and having a lot of possessions. But um, yeah, they seem to not want to go with that kind of formation. Bulldogs, obviously, if they didn't have to play a ruck, they wouldn't even play a ruck. As we know, Bevo would rather just play a midfielder in
0: the ruck. Or I think it's I think, interesting to note that Tim English actually out his direct opposition this game. He did. Had more and, hit-outs than Cruiser. That's
1: and, taking and me back a bit. <laughs> backup ruckman Josh Dunkley um, also managed to get a hit-out. So they're already in trouble with... Their formation is just strange. They don't want to play any tools. They want to have a whole team of midfielders and... Bontempelli is just, you know, the next tallest midfielder. So I am really worried that that is the logical step is that they play him forward next. So that's the only thing keeping me um, afraid of, of jumping on him. McCrae, um, ninety seven, not much to talk about there. Bit down uh, disposal efficiency at sixty two percent for him. Um, Caleb Daniel, another super coach ton. Just call it now, JB. A low of ninety three this season. Is he a top six forward?
0: If uh, I'm calling it now, he is between 6 and 8. Okay. So he's definitely up there and definitely has the potential. But, um, yeah, I think he just lacks the, the huge scoring potential of some of the forwards, which might limit him. But he's got that really, really high, high floor, which so far is, has treated him well. And those who started him or traded him in the last couple of weeks you know, they're probably not jumping with joy because he's scoring between 90 and 100 each week, but at the same time, he's, he looks like he's been a successful pick.
1: So we spoke of Walsh being a keeper. What are your thoughts on Liberatore being a keeper? He is
0: averaging 110 so far this season. This is the most week-by-week week prospect I think we have in our teams at the moment. Uh, averaging 110 so far, absolutely no thoughts of trading him out. Score of 98, though, and if we see any sort of drop-off, you know, over the course of a few weeks, then, you know, he could get to a price close enough to only have to have hundred k in the kitty for Lockie Neal, and at that point, you know, you one hundred percent wouldn't be begrudged for trading up to him. So, I think it's a case by case, week by week sort of thing with Liberatore. And as long as he keeps impressing, then I am happy to have him in my midfield. But you know, as soon as it starts digressing, then you know, that money that you know could be the smallest jump to a premium midfielder will be done.
1: no, I agree with that. Will Hayes was great on debut with 21 touches and 7 marks. He's certainly someone to watch for next week. There was another debutant, though, Lockie Young, um, not to be confused with the other L Young um, at Bulldogs. He's only 120K as a defender in Supercoach, but unfortunately he only scored 42 this week someone worthwhile considering do you think
0: on your radar nah. maybe he's more of a lockdown defender than a, a rebounding defender so he doesn't look like he's got that scoring potential
1: well let's see if he gets games firstly i i at 120k and you know we're kind of crying out for a defender rookie downgrade he also only went at 50 percent disposal efficiency if he could just you know pepper the 50 mark that might be good enough just to stick on your bench um I guess it depends of how many of the Burgess and, I guess, Sam Collins to an extent that you have. I mean, if you get forced to play them on the field every week, kind of like my uh, Parker and Bolter and Bynes situation forced me to play Parker. If you, by getting young, it forces you to play one of those really inconsistent um, defender rookies on field, then I, I probably would stay away.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that was good advice. Uh, we'll move on to the next game. It's Adelaide versus Gold Coast. Uh, turned into a bit of a slacking in the end uh, Adelaide's way surprisingly for some Brody Smith 110 supercoach points uh, just reset at his break even but you know at this point he's not even in there just to make money uh, although that'll be a byproduct he's there as that sort of more role he was cheap enough to start and you know expect good points straight off the bat as well as making money and Right now, he looks like one of the most damaging players off of halfback, and we've just seen uh, Wayne Malera get injured probably out for, I think they've sort of said close to a month uh, with an AC joint. Yeah, so I think more, that,
1: slightly more, four to, four to six weeks, I think. Even,
0: even better. So that's going to favour Brody Smith even more. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's in consideration for being traded out of our squads uh, within the next month unless he goes on a bad run. But Crows have another good run of a uh, games coming up so mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that uh, Matt Crouch 108 super consistent looked like he should have got more in this one he was primed for a big score but sort of slowed down I think he's made a $100 on the season pistol so <laughs> that sort of speaks to his consistency low think.
1: time on ground I think he just couldn't get out there he was stuck on the bench for ages only yeah, 69% there were a couple points.
0: yeah for sure there were a couple of points where they went over to him uh, bench cam and sort of showed him standing there for a, for a good 5 or 10 minutes so um, look, I think he will. I think he's going to have a good, good, good patch coming up. So uh, good for those who own him. I think the next one to chat about is Brad Crouch, brother of Matt, who had, funnily enough, the exact same amount of kicks and handballs this game. <laughs> uh,
1: Sir Swamp Thing did uh, say a tweet that I think it had happened like I can't even remember how many it was like thirty five times or something like that. Um, oh really? Oh, yeah, I didn't well, see that. Brothers have the exact same kicks and handballs, um, which is kind of funny, but Brad did have 15 contested possessions um, going at 61%. I feel like these are great stats, but when you are in an Adelaide side and you get a lot of them in the second half when the game's already out of the water, um, blown out of the water, then you just don't score that well. So Brad, I guess, left his run a little too late with a, a slow first half, and that is reflecting the score. Um, on the Adelaide side, again, Rory Sloan, similar things, um, 32 touches and a score of only 104. Um, JB, Don't Rory led. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> 93 Supercoach points down to 522k. Is there something wrong with Led? Is he still like a, a top-tier upgrade target or are we seeing a Rory lead that's only going to average the low 90s for the rest of the season?
0: No, I think he's still a top grade average uh upgrade target. I, I just think he's seeing more attention this year than he ever has. But having said that, he's still got up to twenty-eight disposals in this one. Uh he wasn't as clean as he could have been. Uh missed out on some big points when the game was, you know, still early on in the balance, still a lot of his scoring in junk time. I still think he'll be fine. Like watching him play is so frustrating to own at the moment, but He's only a month away from you know going, going huge a few weeks and getting up to 110-ish average again like we know he can do. So he's very cheap. And as soon as you see signs of him sort of breaking into that normal form that we expect of him, I think he's a great, great, great upgrade target.
1: It's probably this week. I can't imagine you're going to get him much cheaper than 522K. He's got a break even of 104. And as you said, uh, Miller is out now for you know over a month. So. I'd give it one
0: more week personally.
1: Yeah, although Miller did play, or start at half forward flank this week, which was um, a bit. He did a I bit guess. of everything, Miller. Yeah, he, sort yeah, of he was around. A bit
0: different. So, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see on on how. G- that give it goes. another week, on lad. See how he goes this week with that Miller. Uh, yeah. See if they try and do something to get his. Not, it's not a full tag. It's just way more attention. Like usually, you just see him floating around, getting, you know, the disposal whenever the hell he wants. But at the moment, he's having to work for them, and you know, if we see better signs from him this week, better work rate, then. Yeah, I think he's very, very safe to go up to the week after.
1: I'd still trade him in anyway. It's Rory Laird. You you know yeah, what you're exactly. going to get at this point. Um, Riley O'Brien though, rewarding those that did take a little bit of a punt on him. 90 super coach points um, against awesome. Wits as well. So Wits yeah. is you know wins a lot of the taps. He's a, he's a big boy. Um, so really promising signs of Riley O'Brien. You know, hopefully going to make us. Let's say even up to 250K um, at this rate with his scoring. So And providing that, you know, it's funny because we, we we're desperate for, you know, cover for Gorn and Grundy just in case one of them miss a week and we finally get someone really good in Riley O'Brien, but we just wanted to make money so we can trade him back out and then we're desperate for cover again, um, which is always a little bit ironic. Um, yes. JB, on the Gold Coast side, there's um, a couple of players that go in a little bit under the radar. I was going to say Fiorini, but I'll skip him for a moment. Pierce Hanley, if you did have <laughs> no. him to start the season, and you stuck fat because he, he started the season poorly, um, has now scored 177-96 and 96 in his last three games. His break-even is down to 41. Um, if you're an owner, when's the... When's the, the upgrading time? Like, how how much longer can you you risk holding onto him?
0: Uh, it's not this week, so yeah, you, you're pretty much you're fine for another week at least. And it's so I mean, he's got a hundred now, and his rolling average. He's probably fine for another two weeks, and then we'll have to discuss it again then because he's one of the most week by week prospect. I, in fact, I've probably said that about eight players this podcast, but probably. Um, if you want to talk about risky players, uh, Pierce Hanley could either get injured, score 50, or score 150 each week. So, um, something you definitely have to assess as it goes, but at the moment, um a score, a score of 100 against Crows in a almost 100-point loss, yeah, you're pretty much riding that for another week at least.
1: So, I'll jump across this to Sam Collins. Um, a disappointing score this week um, with only... The, the forty-five or, or two—I just closed the page, so I can't remember. Um, a break-even of forty-three, though. He's made a hundred and twelve k. He's at three hundred k. How much longer should you hold Collins?
0: Again, he's got a low break-even. Uh, he even would have cleared that this week with a poor score. Uh, yeah, you—you you can. I've, I'm not opposed to upgrading him this week, but I think, um, I think just holding him. For another week or two, letting Lockie Whitford get down as low as possible and trying to find the funds to do that trade is probably the play.
1: I would be relatively surprised if he scored like you three 40s in a row. I definitely would play. He's not going to lose money next week. I'd be surprised if he didn't reach his break even. But if he does put out another, let's say score, it's 50 and now he's got a 45 and a 50 in his, his rolling average, it would almost be time to just cull him. So I think you've got to Really monitor um, that as a Collins owner. Another defender that is uh, kind of <laughs> monitoring you have to monitor carefully. He only made a hundred dollars this week, um, and that's Burgess. He who has could have predicted this? <laughs> he has a break even of forty-four. He scored just who could have predicted a Pistol points this week. What do you do if you're a Burgess owner? Please these, tell these me, Pistol, bolter, who could have predicted numbers. this? Could have been anyone. I think. I think most people uh, predicted him to score poorly with that. But that know. DPP was valuable. Jb. Some
0: people predicted him to score sixties.
1: <laughs> he scored a <A60>, sixty. So uh, <laughs> we're halfway there. Does that count?
0: No, it does not. Uh, so he only made a hundred dollars this week. He's up to one hundred and seventy-two k, which is actually surprising. Uh, he's made forty-eight k for the season. Break-even of forty-four, which is absolutely no guarantee to be touched. But yeah, I, I suppose he's the sort of player that you got him in for that DPP swing to be helpful. Keep him in for that DPP swing to stay helpful, and you know have him just ride the pine until maybe one day he breaks out and has another decent score and makes you another 30 40 k. But yeah, it, he's, it just hasn't made enough money to for you to go down to someone like you know one hundred and twenty three k and bank fifty k. Not even it just doesn't seem worth it to me. I'm going to
1: go out on a limb and say Burgess is someone that people carry for the entire season. Yeah,
0: I think he's got that vibe to him for sure. He's
1: not worth trading out for like 40, 50k. It's not worth a trade. But at the same time, that DPP is like super helpful. So um, obviously we're talking about if he's in your back line and you're then able to trade out a forward and put Burgess into the forward line by using the little S substitution button on the trade page, that allows you to trade in at defender instead of a forward when you're trading out a forward so you can kind of have your pick of a litter of if there's multiple rookies um, so forwards and defenders and you have to pick between one you can actually get the best choice every time by just flicking Burgess between the forward and back line Um, so I think that value that he brings is probably worth more than a trade in 50k so yeah just sit tight and uh, enjoy the ride
0: feels bad Uh, we'll move on to the Hawthorne versus long game which uh, just concluded uh, as we're starting this pretty much and uh, we'll start off with James Sicily who's lost a bit of money this season and I don't know what your thoughts of him I think we've spoken about Sicily before and you're not bullish on him but I think it's time that if you're primed for an upgrade in defense, which a lot of people are focusing on their forward line, and rightly so, but if you are one of those people who have you know, Dunkley at F3 for some reason and your forward line seems okay for now, Sicily looks like he's you know, primed for an upgrade.
1: Well, he's got a break-even of 79, so now is a great week to do it. Um, he is still 27k cheaper on his starting price. He's only 543k, big scores um, in the last two with 119 and 117 and plays Colton this week um, and then plays Melbourne so I'd say two relatively uh, easier opponents um, and you'd expect them to score big in both so certainly I guess an upgrade target in the uh, immediate future
0: Yep, I definitely agree. I think he's going to be in that top six defence fairly comfortably. Uh, James Warp will put up another score of 100 plus. Um, another instance of if you started him, then kudos. I think I'll wait until uh, we can see if he can break sort of not the rookie wall, but you know, he's a contested player playing his first full season in the midfield. Don't think he'll score as well in the first, uh, in the second half of the season as he is right now in the first. Sort of like McLean last year, even though that was partly due to a role change. But we'll see what happens with James Warple. If you're an owner, obviously, would not be concerned whatsoever. Um, are you going to ask me about Ricky Henderson in the future? Should I just get to it now?
1: <laughs> I was just going to add on on Warple that I still don't think his ceiling is quite there. He's going to have a very high floor, so he's going to be a fine pick. Obviously, his lowest score of 85 is great. His high score of 110 is also good. And I do think he'll be in that, I think he'll be a top 10 midfielder JB, but probably in that eight to 10 range, maybe six to 10, sorry, forward range, um, probably between, um, six to 10, uh, forward. So I think so too. He's, I think he's still a good selection at his price, but in the next couple of weeks he's probably gonna, yeah, he's, there's not going to, there's not going to be any value represented in him. So, um. Maybe you can recess in the buys. He's got the first buy round anyway. You can you can judge it there. Um, Ricky Henderson though, JB. The man is averaging a hundred and fifteen this season. Just tell me. You you're you're gonna say you can't trade him in. But but let's talk about it. He's averaging a hundred and fifteen. He's been just incredible. He, he started on fire. I think he had a fifty-three point first quarter. Um, Today, where he was absolutely everywhere. His first game he scored 82. Um, So since then he's gone 136, 125, 102, and 133. Is it not sustainable, JB? (laughs)
0: Yikes. (laughs) It's huge. It's surely not sustainable. I mean, he's the silver fox. He does look good with grey hair, Ricky, but... (laughs) Looks like he's about forty years old as well. I think him, he and Gian, Syracuse must go to the same hairdresser. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, one hundred and thirty-three. He's he's in unbelievable form, but it's just it can't be sustainable. Not not a hundred and ten plus. I think he. I'd be surprised if he suddenly drops down to an eighty average for the rest of the season. Ooh, but eighty—that's low. him. That's low eighty. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'll be I'll be surprised if he suddenly drops down to that, but he's not going to stay up where he is. I think he'll settle around ninety average sort of for the rest of the season and and have you know been a good player this year, but not. I mean, might win Hawks BNF. F. You might tip him for that, but not in my Supercoach squad.
1: Well, Hawks have kind of had this type thing before with a couple of their midfielders. I think um, Jordan Lewis a few years back just burst out of the blocks and you know, was averaging 110 plus and plenty jumped on him. And, you know, he, uh, I guess disappointed many. And with obviously Jaeger's done something similar and, um, Titch didn't, he was great the whole year. So yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. A, it's a, it's definitely Henderson is just, it's mind blowing that he's averaging that high and he's playing unbelievable footy. Like he is deserving of all those points because he's playing that well, but I don't know if it's sustainable for an entire season, JB. Um, Next person I want to touch on is the James Cousins. <laughs> the James Cousins, 45 points this week. Is he done as a, I guess, cash cow?
0: Break-even still just 55. So um, obviously had a score, a good score of 75 the week before this one. Look, he, he hasn't made a lot of money at just the 80K. I mean, good money, but not a lot at the same time. Not what you would be expecting trade, uh, when you started him, but he's still got a, a th- you know a good two weeks where you can feel him out. He's not going to lose money. Well, he might lose a tiny bit, but not enough to sort of say you have to trade him out this week. Um, but I think you can still feel him out for a couple of weeks and just see really where he's at. If he puts out another two sixties, then sure. But he's put out a ninety in the past, two scores in the seventies as well. This is actually his lowest score by seventeen points. So. I don't have any issues with holding him for another couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, I think this is the perfect player to trade to a Jackson-Haitley, not this week, but next week when Haitley's on the bubble, just because Mm. you'll get the 150K, you'll get a player that's scoring as well on field as well, and you get to have Cousins against Carlton this week. That's Um, a good point. By any chance, did you happen to see Cousins' goal today? No, I didn't. Okay, well, um, I would highly recommends people to look at his goal because it was hilarious. He basically just was running to chase the ball. Oh, was the that ball. the accidental soccer? It completely just bounced on his yeah, foot and it just actually. accidentally kicked at 30 metres from a tight angle straight <laughs> through the middle and then grabbed his head like in shock. Disbelief that he actually kicked the goal. It was hilarious. Um, Disbelief onto... that he
0: actually got a touch.
1: Oh, <laughs> that's harsh. Um, <laughs> too far. Come on, JB. Sorry, 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 um, sorry. On the Geelong side, Tim Kelly... I guess we'd say he was not, I mean, he was, how can you tag him at the moment? They just, they let him, they, they were tagging him um, with the Daniel Howe tag, but also I it wasn't I like a close they were. tag. They, nah. they, they matched up on each other around stoppages. And there then was a few instances where they, of what they did, go.
0: but I think it was more coincidental than an actual job for Daniel Howe.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe he didn't do a good job then, JB.
0: <laughs> we we <Maybe>, do <laughs> Maybe, but I think next week is the telling week where uh, Geelong travel, well, don't travel, they travel home, uh, but they've got West Coast uh, at GMHBA, which means Hutchings will likely go to Tim Kelly. I think that's quite an obvious thing for, for West Coast to target, considering his score a couple of weeks ago when he got tagged. Uh, and, you know, if he puts out a low score again, then we could see him probably maintain, considering that 129's in the break-even and, Uh, And then he'll probably score well again the week after West Coast. So maybe not the best week to trade him in this week. Just see how he goes for another week like I did with Boak in the week just past before Hutchings. But um, yeah, I think think he's one to just watch for one more week, Pistol. I think we can be patient for a little bit longer before we trade him in.
1: Yeah, I I would be shocked if they didn't tag him this week and I don't really want to get that score. And he's only going to get a little bit cheaper, so... um... Yeah, I might I might wait it out for one more. Um, just quickly because I accidentally forgot to touch on him, Mitch Lewis, um, 149k forward, did play for the Hawks and scored 69. So we'll wait and see if he um can manage the next couple of games because he, we he do need quite downgrades. solid. Yeah, and he, he, he was a big big body and did look quite comfortable mm. and solid. So um we'll wait on that. Um back to the Geelong side, another Geelong forward that is completely just dropping in price. Radical now. No, not radical. I mean, he might be, but that's not who I'm willing to talk about. (laughs) Managola, back-to-back, well, he got 51 last week, so basically back-to-back because he only scored 50 this week. Even
0: when he's bad, he's consistently bad.
1: (laughs) He's so consistent. (laughs) Um, That's his thing. He is now only priced at 463k, 80k cheaper than his starting price. He has a break-even of 168 so you can you know expect him to drop another 30, 40K. This guy might bottom out at around 400K at someone who has averaged 100 supercoach points per game for the last three seasons. What is going on here, JB?
0: His role didn't look terrible. I think he was more on a wing than what we've seen him, but maybe it just doesn't suit him. Uh, didn't get a whole lot of that inside mid-time he doesn't get a lot of it anyway like, he still plays forward a lot but still relies on it enough to get those you know scores go from 80 to 100 sort of thing but yeah he, I mean a score of 50 back to back weeks not very good and when he does drop down to around 400k he could have back to back tons by that point and you know everyone will be trading him in or he could actually just be a sinking stone not sure exactly what's threatening his scoring ability at the moment I can't quite put my finger on it but I mean, fingers crossed it changes in the next couple of weeks and we can trade him in.
1: Well, he's averaging basically five touches less per game than the previous years. But I think it might just, I'm guessing, because his role was definitely he was playing on the wing um, and he has been the whole season. But to me, he just doesn't look as fit. I guess he had a completely limited preseason. Remember, he was like in doubt for round one as well and then managed to pass a fitness test. So it might be just him working into the season. I I hope it is. because at, if he gets down to 400K, that's going to coincide with the the run that I've been talking about. Geelong's draw, just like they play all the hard teams at the beginning of the year. And then that completely opens up in the second half of the year where they've just basically just got a dream draw. So in the next couple of weeks, at 400K for a guy that's averaged 100 um, for three seasons in a row, you pretty much could sideways trade Darcy more to him. Um i can't even you know imagine doing that that would be unbelievable and would definitely be something i'd take advantage of but obviously you want him to it, it's like a catch-22 because you, you want him to score poorly to drop in price but you need him to score well for him to be a viable trading
0: option so um yeah. you need to see of, the proof that he's going to bounce back
1: yeah and he, he's had two really good scores this year anyway where he's scored um, 101 and 115 so even if you know, he scores 115 next game. I won't even think like, ah, yep, he's back. It will just be like, okay, I need to see it again. And then by the time he scores a second ton, he's gone, you know, shot back up in price. So um, you'll have to take a little bit of an educated guess and a gamble um, when he drops down to, you know, around 400K. But I definitely think he's going to be um, someone that's worthwhile picking up.
0: Yeah, I think so as well. And I think I'm not the, I doubt I'm the only person uh, besides yourself, licking my lips at the prospect of getting him around the four hundred k mark considering his starting price and his potential, obviously, to be in that top six forward. So, um, yeah, good signs. And, I mean, I think, I mean, maybe we should touch on Jordan Clark potentially capping out on his uh, money-making potential this season. Uh, but that's, I don't think he's really the type of player that would lose cash quickly. I think he's sort of just going to maintain that price. Yeah. So someone that we can wait for a a, a real good Marty Hall type player the week after he goes up in price uh, to come along and and sort of just downgrade to and be happy with it. So that pretty much sums up that game, uh, sums up the round review. So we've got a few more things to talk about quickly. I know the podcast is running a little bit longer than usual, but there won't be a lockout podcast this week because there's games on when this is airing tomorrow, so crazy quick turnaround. We'll quickly talk about captaincy options uh, for the week, Pistol. Who have you got your eye on uh, early days here? Not even early days, a, a day before preparation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very early days, but kind of not early days. On, on a, I guess, Monday early days, we've got, for me, it's all about Lockie Neal um, against Gold Coast this was a game that I was dreading when I was a non-owner and uh, now it's here and I can't wait to slap that VC right on him and hopefully there's going to be um, a big score but there's some, there's there's quite a few games where it feels like you could have some monster scores obviously Gorn versus Nank seems great Grundy in the past has dominated um, Essendon as well so he seems like a really good um, option he plays early in the rounds and Neil again um, who I've touched on The the thing is that people that have binds JB can actually loophole McRae on a Saturday night into Crips on a Sunday, which is you know obviously has high scoring capabilities as well. So there's a lot of options um, this week. If you so who are you locking in right now? All right, so I'm definitely putting my VC on Neil. Um, I will just rock that one, but I can definitely see. If I didn't have Neil, I probably would go Grundy, I think. That would be my next next call. Um, what would you do if you had Jordan Sweet so you couldn't do the McRae into Crips?
0: If I didn't have Sweet, yeah, I'd be going Grundy as well against Essendon. I don't mind Rockliffe against North Melbourne either. I think that's a bit of a sneaky one uh, where Rockliffe owners could see Rockliffe get off the chain a bit, especially being at Adelaide Oval as well. But I think Lockie Neal is the most obvious one of the round. If you've got him, then you really need to take advantage of the non-owners and whack the VC on for a a probable big score like we saw Crips do a couple of rounds ago. So, yeah, I think that's...
1: And you've got Dangerfield as well, who we just saw how West Coast looked against Port Adelaide, and it's not like Port Adelaide are a good side. So um, Geelong (laughs) could absolutely belt West Coast um, in Geelong. So... Yeah, Dangerfield is another, I guess, should be a reliable captaincy option.
0: Yep, and I think my safest captaincy option, uh, although it didn't exactly turn out as we planned this week, will be Cripps against Hawthorne. I don't think anyone in the competition can really match up with Cripps and and slow down his scoring. Uh, The only person that can slow down his scoring is himself with the 30 odd handballs and five kicks he had this week. Uh, I I assume that'll be an anomaly by the end of the season, and, you know, he's. Prime for another big score of one twenty plus. He's over seven hundred k now as well. So if you don't own him, then yeah, back into that fetal position I think. Uh, so that's <laughs> they're the best captaincy shouts of the week. Uh, I th- maybe maybe because there's only a one day turnaround pistol. People only have a day to think about their trades. It's probably a good week to sort of maybe say what you're thinking of doing with your trades, just to get people on the right track. So where where is you, where is your mind at at the moment in terms of that?
1: Well, funnily enough. I am thinking of not trading at all, which is uh, it's, I'm in strange territory. I, I still have 27 trades, um, and probably will have by the end of this this next round as well. Usually, I've used up three trades before round one,
0: so at, at least, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so I'm in uncharted territory here. But yeah, my team keeps scoring. You know, <laughs> I haven't scored poorly, and I haven't scored well in any week. I've just scored 2,200 pretty much
0: every single week. So. so just Track, a couple more quick fire questions eye. for you as well. Oh, no. Um, is that, does that mean you're fine with missing the two cash cows in, in Baker and the other Richmond lad, Ross, this week?
1: I think so. I, I've got my eyes firmly on Haitley in the future and Hayes as well if I need to do a double down. Um, it's unfortunate about the lack of, I guess, options um, in the forward line and back line, but you never know what's going to pop up in the next next couple of weeks and obviously Bailey Scott's job security is hanging by a thread as well so um, he might be someone that I've got to get out and yeah I wish there was more forward options but there's not so but I also don't want to be desperate and you know make a mistake and I, it might not be a mistake but if I do get um, Baker and then he's dropped so I'm um, personally I've got massive issues because I got nowhere to hide when I've already got Bolter and Bynes on my bench <laughs> so if I, I get Baker in and he's dropped I'm, I'm playing Bolter every week um, yeah
0: i think that's a serious concern as well i don't think baker's job security is as good as what people think as well so yeah uh, i mean
1: it, look if you're if you're playing where you've got drew at f6 which i know some people do have and then you've your bench is petrolelli and parker you probably can't afford to, to yeah. i guess gamble on on baker because it doesn't matter if he's dropped and you know you can just kind of hold him um and play him when he's well you know have him increase in value like when he plays sporadically throughout the season but yeah, for, for a lot of other people, it's not like that, and you pretty much have to field him or field a very poor scoring option like a Burgess or a Bolton, in which case it's uh yeah no deal. Um, you know, strategically it doesn't make
0: much sense. Uh, okay, so just lastly before we finish off, my well, I'm use, only using one trade, so I'm skipping both the Bubble Boys as well this week. Uh, I've built up a war chest prior to this round so I can get Boken uh, for Rosie, who we didn't really touch on earlier, but seems sort of capped out in price as well, so uh, happy to make that one. He made his 150k and uh, getting Boken before he really gets out of touch, so if you've got something similar, then I think that's perfectly reasonable as well, but I think the gist of it is that the two bubble boys this week aren't essential, although for their own reasons can be unique and, and good enough to trade in for your teams. Uh, and next week's bubble boy, Batch, is looking very, very decent with the, the bullies lag lad, Hayes, and uh, also, obviously, Haitley. So, yeah, some exciting things. Hopefully, that has helped out with people's one-day break between the footy and uh, Pistol. Have you got the closing statements there?
1: I do. Just a quick touch on the, the Cancer Council. Um, no donations last week. I guess uh, no one had to donate for dumb things, which is great. That um, no one made any mistakes. And as there's been a lot of pledges, but um, Dunkley outscored McLean, uh, Trelaw scored well, Dusty outscored Cornelia, So everyone's pledge. I said Jack Steele even got more than five tackles, which is a shock. Um, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> we haven't even done a pledge. No yet. One, Come on. No one needed to uh, donate, so I guess. Poor week for Cancer Council, but you never know what next week is um, going <laughs> to oh, wow. hold. But still, still have uh, yeah raised over 7500 in the last couple of years. And um, yeah, since last year, we're up to $4,455. Which is awesome. Which is awesome.
0: Uh, And then I'll close by just plugging the Twitters real quickly. So you can find Pistol at Pistol underscore DRSC. Chizo is Chizo with a Z in there at underscore DRSC. And then myself, JB underscore DRSC, currently trending on Twitter as well, Pistol. So probably (laughs) the one that you'd advise to jump on. A bit of a cash cow myself. So... Uh, the main twitter being at dr underscore sc so obviously that one being very active with the news and the quarterly updates as the week progresses that'll do us for this one pistol if uh, people could leave a like on the comment section in the facebook or twitter that'd be greatly appreciated obviously a rating on itunes helps people find the podcast and it was great sitting with you and having a chat this week pistol
1: thank you and you too and for anyone that's uh considering joining up to slack now would be a great week given there's football on almost every day so the channel's just been going absolutely bananas and everyone's uh, chatting away about footy and Supercoach the whole time and yeah this is basically a day no days without rest and the next week so uh yeah get on board
0: yeah i think the uh, rate my trade section in the slack is going crazy at the moment so everyone just feeding off each other's advice obviously the podcast is in there 24 7 as well so It makes the next day less stressful when you know what other people are sort of leaning as well. And, you know, we've got some really smart and calm heads there. So I don't think there's a lot of panic stations going on.
1: No, it's all been great. So uh, thanks very much for joining me on this uh, podcast, JB. (laughs) And I'll, (laughs) and I'll, I'll catch you next time.
0: Thanks, mate. Talk to you next week.